which is like spiritual sickness. God comes and he says, I'd like to change places with you. And he takes our sin. And we get his healing. And he takes our spiritual poverty. And we get his spiritual riches. God's compassion, Jesus' compassion comes to us. But there's more than it. He wants his compassion to work through us. To the lives of others. This isn't something that comes easy or naturally to many of us. But if the same Jesus who had compassion on the crowds lives inside of me, he wants to have compassion through me to others. It's interesting to me. That Jesus didn't say to the people, just hold out your hands and bread will appear on your hands. He could have done that. Instead, he gives the bread to the disciples and he says, You go and provide the food to everyone else. God's compassion works through us to others. The second thing that stands out to me from the story is Christ's provision. The first one was his compassion. Second one is his provision. Remember I said that they came with a problem. And he gave them an even bigger problem. Why do you think Jesus did that? Whenever Jesus comes up with a problem, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's almost always to increase our faith. And so, the disciples come to Jesus and say, we don't have any food. And he says, you give them something to eat. In other words, he's saying, I want to grow your faith. You need to listen to what I'm going to tell you next. Jesus is more interested in developing our character than in our comfort. He wants to grow our faith. I think sometimes when we pray to God, we, we pray things like this, God, please take away all my problems. It's like the road ahead of us, we see that there are hills in front of us. We say, God, please take away all of the hills. If your blessing is on me, then there'll just be a smooth road. And God's reply is usually not, okay, I'll take away all the problems. Instead, he says to us, I want to make you stronger. I want to give you more faith. Imagine 
Imagine being there that day and Jesus says to you, you give them something to eat. You say, we have a small problem. Now we've got a very big problem. Jesus told me to feed all these people. What was he trying to teach them? Why is that he is the one who provides. That he can provide for any number of people. This is such an amazing story. Imagine being one of those disciples. Jesus first told them to seek the crowds in 50s and 100s. That's one of the other Gospels. So now you're one of the disciples, you go over here. Say, guys, please can we just sit down, make one group of 50 here? Guys, could we get together and make a group about 50, 100 round about there? And somebody says to you, What's happening? When's that going? We're hungry. Slumpy. We want to go and get food. Sifumama siotolul. I have no idea what's happening. Please could you just sit? I'll cut into it. Fifties, hundreds. Fifties, maybe a hundred. And once everybody sees it. Mom said it has pants. Jesus looks to heaven. To beggars the bread. And breaks the bread. As carefully seen one. And gives it to the disciples. And he gets the buffalo. And you go back to those same people. Maybe you got one half of one of those loaves. And you say, well, here goes. Imagine giving bread to the first person. I don't know what happened. Did the rest of the bread grow? But, but they keep going. What distributing bread and fish and bread and fish and bread and fish and 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 Became the big problem. You give them something to eat. Became the big provision. The big solution. We had a teacher at school. And He taught us physical science. And then we had him for grade 10, grade 11, grade 12. He was a Scotsman from Scotland. He drank too much alcohol as well. But he told us at the beginning of grade 10. He said, guys, I want to get you the best possible marks by the time you finish my trip. And he said, this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to teach you the entire syllabus by the end of the first term of my trip. For us that were in grade 10, 
That seemed so far away. We didn't properly listen to what he was saying. But by the time the first term of grade 12 came, at the end of the first term, he'd finished our entire matric syllabus. Then he said, I'm now going to give you past exam papers. And he gave us two bookings. Paper one and paper two. For the last 14 years. The matric paper that was written the year before. And the year before. And the year before. All the way back 14 years. That was before I'd started school. And he said, from now till you matric exam, you're going to do problems. And this was not good news. From our point of view. We start doing all these different science problems. For homework, we had to keep doing these papers. Every day in class, you would go through those problems with us, tell us, this is how you tackle that. Guess what happened? When we walked into our final matric science exam, there wasn't a single question that caught us by surprise. That class came back with really good marks. And you see, that's what happens when a wise teacher gives you a problem. It helps grow your faith. It helps grow your confidence. It gives us problems today to help us be stronger for tomorrow. We try to imagine what it would be like being one of those disciples handing out the food. At the end, at the end, how many basketfuls of leftovers did they collect? Twelve. Twelve. One for every disciple. While he's putting leftovers back, Superior is thinking to himself, Wow, what a miracle! You would have thought that the next time there was a big crowd, with no food, some people would know exactly what to do. Can I tell you what happened? This story was in Matthew 14. In Matthew 15, there was another occasion when a large crowd of 4,000 men, excluding women and children, Guess what? They also didn't have food. You might have thought that the disciples get together and say, guys, we know what to do. 
Find some bread and fish. Take it to Jesus. Feed the people. But you know what? Yes, the exact same story happens all over again. They go to Jesus. They say we must send the people away. There's no food. He says you, you give them something to eat. They say all we've got are seven loaves and a few fish. He says bring them to me. Have the people sit in groups. He feeds all the people. There's seven basketfuls of leftovers. You might think that after that the disciples had more faith when it came to food. But guess what? Matthew chapter 16. They go on the boat with Jesus. And they tell him we forgot to bring bread with us. And Jesus says to them, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. He's been doing more baking than you. <laughs> Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What he meant by that was guard against religion that has got no faith. Don't be like the Pharisees that have got all the outside looking good, but on the inside but the disciples they start talking they say oh it's because we didn't bring bread that Jesus said that to us Jesus turns to them you can read this he says why are you talking about bread when there were 5,000, when we fed the 5,000, how many basketfuls of leftovers were there? They replied 12. And he says, when we fed the 4,000, how many baskets of leftovers were there? They say seven. And Jesus says this to them. Do you still not understand? I find that a little bit encouraging for me and challenging. And I'll tell you why. For many people here, we can look back. And we can tell the story of when God provided for us at that time. And we look at another time and tell the story of how God brought us through that difficulty. And how God provided for us when there was that trouble. But when we have a problem that hits us today, many of us are exactly the same as the disciples. So what are we going to do? We have anxiety. We have fear. 
Sabe? We think God's abandoned us. Sometimes I think Jesus looks at me. And says, Do you still not understand? Christ has provision for all that. That's the song he said for our entire lives. He's carried us up till now. He promises to carry us till the end. We can trust in him. And yet so often. I find that my faith is low. Whenever there's problems that come. Help me, God, to look to you as my Lord. There's a bigger, uh, the, the third thing that stands out to me from the story. Is how Jesus gives thanks. Jesus gives thanks. He says thank you. There's a key. And what Jesus did with that bread. He took the five loaves and the two fish. And he looks to heaven. And he gives thanks. Were those five loaves and two fish enough to feed all the people? Actually. In and of itself, it was too little. But Jesus doesn't look to heaven and plead. He doesn't look to heaven and get discouraged. I picture Jesus with a big smile saying, Father, thank you for this food. These five loaves and these two fish <laughs> speak to me about the little that's in my life or your life. All of us wear different hats for different things in our life. Some of us wear the hat of being a parent, a father or mother. Or being a spouse, a husband or a wife. Many of us are employed, paid a salary by somebody else. Some people might be employers, you give other people a job. Some here are entrepreneurs, just starting up a business. Whenever had our way, at different times, I don't have enough for what it takes. In myself, I don't have enough to be the father that my kids need me to be. In myself, I don't have enough to be the husband that my wife needs me to be. 
in my work. I don't have enough to be everything that I need to be. It's like this life represents five loaves and two fish. You might be looking at your life and your situation and say, I, I am not enough. The beautiful thing about the story is that this boy gives his loaves into the hands of Jesus. And that's where the miracles happen. He, he could have chosen to just hang on to all of it. He might have had enough food for the day. But everybody else would have got hungry. But when he brings the loaves and the fish into the hands of Jesus, everybody gets fed, as well as the boy himself. There was enough food for him too. And when I bring my life, my resources, my little bit of faith, into the hands of Jesus with gratefulness and thanks and I say God this isn't enough for all that I need to do but I'm putting my life into your hands by faith it multiplies out much more than I would have been able to do by myself there's another, and I'm going to finish with this, there's another metaphor in the story. Is that this bread was physical bread. But Jesus was wanting to tell the people that he is actually the bread that satisfies. So the physical bread satisfies the hunger of the stomach. But Jesus satisfies the hunger of the soul. You see, after he fed the crowds, John says that the next day they followed him again. And Jesus said to them, the only reason you came to find me is because you wanted more bread. The staple diets is from But if you go up to Zimbabwe, they call it Sadza. And in Malawi, they call it Nsima. I wonder if Jesus was preaching in Malawi. If he would have said, I'm the Nsima of life. There was a Chinese girl who was trying to explain that the Chinese love rice so much. And she said it's like the Chinese have got two stomachs. And no matter how much food they put in the other stomach, we don't feel satisfied until we've had a meal with rice. Maybe in China, Jesus would have said, I am the rice of life. He is enough to satisfy the hunger of the world. 
Jesus, the bread of life, was broken at Calvary. And that sacrifice was enough to satisfy the hunger of the entire world for all ages. It's as we celebrate this Passover weekend, we can look backwards with tremendous gratefulness that Jesus, the bread of life, can feed not just thousands, not just tens of thousands, not even millions, but the billions of people that have lived on the world between then and now. Jesus is the bread of life that can satisfy them. But to finish with the story, there was a missionary in India, an Indian man who was a missionary in India. His name was Sundar Singh. This is uh, maybe a hundred years ago. <laughs> and he was giving out New Testament books. One day he gave one to a man on a train. And this man got very angry. And tore the book into pieces. And threw it out the window. And that might have been the end of the story. Except, there was a man walking along next to the train line. He was trying to find answers for the problems in his life. And he came across a tiny scrap of paper that had been torn from this Bible. And on this piece of paper, he could just read these words. It said the bread of life. It was the words from John chapter 6 that I've just read. He went to some of his friends and he said, Where does this come from? Which book speaks of the bread of life? And his friend said to him, That comes from the Christian's book. From the Bible. But don't read it or you'll be defiled. The man thought for a moment and then said to his friends, I want to read a book. I want to read that book. It contains this beautiful phrase. He went and bought a copy of the New Testament. Some people showed him where the words are written. I am the bread of life. And the story goes that as he studied the gospel, light flooded into his heart. And he came to be he came to put his faith in Christ. And he became a preacher of the gospel in India. 
Isn't that a beautiful story of Jesus being the bread of life? In every nation of the world. To all of us from all different backgrounds. He wants to provide for us. He has compassion on us. He wants to satisfy our And he wants us And he wants us to tell others about him by taking this bread of life. Could we stand together? This morning, I'd love for us to pray together. And just spend a moment reflecting on God's incredible provision to us. Second song earlier, when I remember what the Lord has done. Such beautiful meaning in that. When I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back. I found the bread of life. Is anybody here this morning that you've never put your faith